0: When I was writing, I was tearing through it, and this was before I had figured out how to end. Mm. And then I hit a block. And I hit that block because I just didn't know how it end, so I didn't have the the words to figure out the trajectory towards the ending that felt right. When you write without an outline or, you know, write outside of what you know or writing the wrong genre. The ending doesn't come naturally.
1: Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your all right so we'll get right into it Uh, my guest today is kawan glover kwan is an author a screenwriter he's a victory coach and a public speaker kwan
0: thank you so much for being here today thank you roger for having me it's a pleasure and honor to be before you and your audience thank you so much i'm i'm glad you're here uh, for lots of reasons what was the item you crossed off your list so i had come to a point where i didn't know what i was doing and i was still trying to figure it out and one of my best friends convinced me to uh start writing again and i was like oh yeah, whatever so on my list i put writer screenplay because i thought maybe i like movies so one day i would write one and then i did and then i'm gonna write a couple more that's that's well if you enjoyed it that was that's a good thing that you're writing more
1: um what happened in your life to motivate you to write that first screenplay what was going on what was happening with you that you got to that point where you wanted to tell that story
0: so um growing up I I read all of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings in third grade Mm -hmm. third grade yeah I don't remember much of it from the book but the memory the movies kind of filled in the gaps and then when i got to college just fast growing a lot i i dealt with some uh i had a couple of brain surgeries i had a stroke i had some mental wow. health challenges opioid addiction things like that and I, I wrote a book about that experience but then i kind of got away from it and i wanted to go into entrepreneurship and start a business and mm-hmm. well this hope to the world and all that kind of things. and i kind of got away from my base which was when I was a little boy, I would always tell stories and find a way to tell stories. Mm-hmm. So um, I reached back into what I really liked. I like Avatar, like Lord of the Rings, I like Harry Potter. So the first story I read was like kind of pulling from those threads. And then I, I sat down and one day I was on a platform and they said, Hey, send us your script. And I was like, Oh crap, I don't have a script. <laughs> so I had 72 hours to bang it out and I, I did and I turned it in and, and Got pretty good feedback.
1: You said the platform. What was the platform that you were on?
0: It's, called, it's something called stage32.com. I like to say it's the LinkedIn for the entertainment industry.
1: Okay. And so um, what was this? The, they were excited about your story. What was,
0: what was the story about? So it's like the cross between um, Harry Potter and Avatar The Last Airbender, in there with some sprinkles of Lord of the Rings. It's about this girl named Maria who's grown up in an orphanage. And she has no idea who she actually is. She's always Mm. been an orphanage. But she comes to all the kids have little powers and her powers to control water, which is one of the core elements. And actually in her home village, she was selected to be like the chief warrior or like the leader of the army. Um, But she was taken away to this orphanage to protect her from the British invaders. And this happens historically around the same time as the British army invaded Nigeria. And uh, all the power in the land is uh, derived from something called the hearthstone. Um, that's this big purple orb that kind of gives the radar powers. And um, Maria is like the protector or the, the guiding force behind the hearthstone. And, um, you know, I, I derived a lot of those elements from. You know, Avatar, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. And the thing about the Hearthstone is that when a person of impure heart tries to get the power, they start to go mad. So it's kind of like that one ring kind of feel. Right. takes place in Nigeria, early 1900s. And uh, I wanted to make it a trilogy. So, like, you know, following the Star Wars kind of thing, you know, The New Hope and the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi type of trajectory. But uh, I finished that first screenplay and I was like, ah, oh, there's a pretty solid story. And uh, I got some good feedback, and ultimately Maria's goal is to thwart the british invasion
1: nice so that's a there's a lot of historical uh context in that where is that Where does that come from for you where does Where did you find that information, or did you have to do a
0: lot of research or or was this just information you already had and you started using it to tell the story it's It's honestly. Uh, I wanted to take a Tarantino approach. You know, he just like <laughs> events from history and then kind of altered them. Right. So I remember growing up and in high school, we heard these lessons and about the British came in and did this and the Rich came in and did that. And we never heard the, the other side of the story, or people on the other side of that coin never actually won. And I wanted to create a story basically, what if those people fought back and actually were able to have some of the advantage where they can. Change the trajectory of history. So it's an alternate history kind of thing, but the historical references, 1914 invasion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I researched, uh, I had to figure out. But a lot of the cultural stuff, like the Nigerian culture, specifically a tropical Igbo that I, I know a lot of friends, a lot of Nigerian friends. So I, I gathered that. And then the magical elements, the, the stuff like that came from Harry Potter and uh Avatar Light like there.
1: So when you started writing, were there, did you have concerns or fears about what will, about doing it or, was it? or did you just like say, I'm doing this, I'm going? Or, or were you, you know, especially um, with a lack of representation and so certainly sci-fi and in the entertainment world, were, did you have
0: concerns about that for yourself? Um, I think when I started writing it, I just, you know, originally I thought it was going to be a TV show. But mm-hmm. then I had somebody say, oh, this sounds like a feature. So I was like, oh, crap. I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about writing screenplays. Mm. Oh, crap. Because I've written a book. And when you're writing a book, you can tell how the character thinks, what they feel, all right. that's going to be on the page. When you're writing a screenplay, it's like I heard somebody say it's bastard-ass writing. It's a visual medium. So you're writing for it to be seen. So when you see a movie, you see somebody's minor facial expressions or the way their eyes move, or the way they sit. Um, you have to kind of, Contort your writing from a book, which is very thorough, into mm-hmm. that screenplay elements. I was just like, I can't write a book on the page and turn it in and say, Hey, this is what I got. I kind of got to compress everything into uh, subtleties of emotion. And it was an interesting process, but ultimately, just write a good story. And mm-hmm. I think when you have a good story, it'll flow on the page. And I ended up getting to, I guess, 150 four pages of of the story and I turned in and I got some good feedback. And of course now I look back on it and I'm like, oh, I gotta change this. Could I add a different language? And, you know, but initially I was just like, I'm gonna do this. I don't have time to be worried about because I had 72 hours to turn in. So wow. I didn't have the time to be like, okay, oh, well let me reset all this. And then, you know, of course I read some scripts as well, just to get reference points. How long did it take you to write your first book and <laughs> My first book started in July of twenty eighteen. I didn't release it till I want to say September of twenty twenty. So, just for reference, yeah, it's amazing that I compressed all that into a screenplay in three days, essentially. So, big difference, big change up. No doubt.
1: What does your family and your friends think about you taking this on? Like, are they supportive
0: or are they, do they question it a lot? What's, what's the, been their response? And- I, I think when I wrote the book, they were proud of me for getting that done, being the first mm. person in my family and it was an author. When I, when I started writing screenplays, I kind of keep it close to my chest. They know kind of what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Like, oh, they just say he's persona grew in writing. They're not, again, with screenplays, unless you're a writer, until you see the movie on the screen, it doesn't really mean anything. Right. So I I can tell them all about my ideas, but they're like, yeah, that's great. Can't wait to see the movie. <laughs> so they are were supportive and like do what you need to do. This is what you're meant for. But I don't think they really understand until they see on the screen. And eventually, all the screenplays are right will be on the screen at some point.
1: How are you going about accomplishing that goal? Right. So you so like a lot of times on a bucket list or God, life goal list. I say it needs to be actionable. You have to, you have to be able to, to accomplish it. So now that you've written it, well, that next step of getting it produced, what, what things are you doing now to take it to that next level of getting it produced?
0: So with that particular script, present at Juju was called, it was actually co-written. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody gave me the story or, you know, scouted scouting the story and I wrote it uh, with my best friend, Anthony Robertson. And um, that actually isn't a script that I got an agent for. I got a script. I wrote a script maybe a year ago about the book, about my life, essentially, focusing mm-hmm. on third surgery. And I pitched that, my life story, and what I'm doing to an agent. And she said, you know, I hear stories about this all the time, nothing special about, you know, this story, but it's the way you speak and things you're doing now. And that's why she signed me. So actually, this year, my permanent focus is working on selling that script to okay. a streamer, but I will come back to President Junior because I feel like that's a story that can be sold and told. Um, and, and just I'm very patient. So making building relationships all throughout the year, uh, taking my time, getting to the right people, I, I think, you know, within five to 10 years, that'll be on the screen. So I'm not harping on it now, but it's still there to be sold and, and told. And so we, we talked a little about the difference between writing a book
1: and writing a screenplay. What was the difference in writing this fantasy screenplay and then writing your own personal story? What were the what, besides the time frames? It sounds like maybe you had a little more time to work on your own story. But besides that, what were some of the differences between being able to tell those two stories?
0: Well, Roger, to be honest, writing my own screenplay was easy. Because mm-hmm. I lived it. I can actually see the events that I'm writing down. I mean, of course, you add a little dramaticism to it. Um, but I can, I, I remember vividly a lot of these details. When you're writing a fantasy, you're making up stuff out of thin air. Mm-hmm. So, like, does this work? Does this actually make sense? It, it's almost like when you have limits, like my story actually happened. So when I have limits, I can dr- color thin the lines. When you're making stuff up, there are no boundaries. So how far right. do you want to take this? How far can you go? Do the rules of the world make sense? Do the characters uh, speak like a character might? And you develop the story based on how the characters are and who they become. Not because oh, I want this character to get here. You kind of got to follow the, 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 the trajectory of the character naturally. So I would say it's actually a lot more difficult to write a fantasy software kind of story because you're just making stuff up (laughs) which one uh this is maybe a little too personal if you don't want to answer it's fine but which one's which one's more enjoyable for you to do Uh, when i wrote President of juju seeing that story come to uh the climax that i wanted to and the resolution for the characters and leaving that that end for it to continue Mm -hmm. to the next chapter i think that was the just a lot more rewarding because i wrote a book about my story i've talked about my story i wrote a screenplay about my story it's like all right well how much of this story do you want yeah versus this the president of juju is just kind of like this is a whole new world like i can really do whatever i want with it so i think president juju was a lot more um enjoyable if you met somebody that says i'm thinking about writing a screenplay
1: what would be the one thing you would tell them that they had to do or that they
0: said, oh, you, you got to do this when you write your screenplay, what would it be? I, I think I would ask them a question. How many screenplays have you read? Mm. You know, how many movies have you actually watched? And not just to uh, watch it for enjoyment. It's kind of like, how are they setting up what the characters are saying? What are the environments looking like? And then, you know, for the, the films you really enjoy, Download the script and figure out what about the writing made the story jump off the page. Can you see the story? And then when you, uh, you know, with that presence of juju, I didn't go through traditional process. you should write a loop sheet and outline and kind of figure out the story beats out. I just started writing. And I think that was a rookie mistake. I think really detailing your story from start to bottom or, you know, when I write stories, I start with the end. And then I go back to the beginning and write mm. the middle through. Um, but figure out your process. That there, there should be some type of story structure, there should be some type of characters that you can kind of figure out how who they are and how, how they live. Um, but start by reading some play, some screenplays, figuring out the movies you like, figuring out what genre you want to write in. Cause like if you're big into rom-coms and you start trying to write a horror script. <laughs> that's not going to work because <laughs> right. you're going to be writing romantic elements into a horror that just doesn't fit the genre I figure out what you want to write and write what you know i think that's the mm. biggest part about writing a screenplay because president juju i could write because i like literature, i like harry potter i like all the fantasy elements of different shows and write my story of course i mean i lived it so that's my life i right. can write about it. um which if you went to a, a public school and you were on the poverty side of the economic ladder, it's going to be very difficult for you to write about somebody who went to private school and was a millionaire in their whole life. Right. Because that's not relatable to you. So write what you know, read different screenplays, and start with an outline, I think, organizing your thoughts, and then get into writing and see where it takes you. So, Kawan, what was the most difficult part of writing this screenplay for you? When I was writing, I was tearing through it, and this was before I had figured out how it would end. Mm. And then I hit a block. And I hit that block because I just didn't know how it would end. So I didn't have the the words to figure out the trajectory towards the ending that felt right. When you write without an outline or, you know, write outside of what you know or write in the wrong genre, the ending... Doesn't come naturally, so your writing starts to get bogged down. You start to drag it out. I think understanding the story from top to bottom, then an outline, and then you can write the story. But without knowing where your story goes, you get these writing blocks. You get these stops. You get these like, oh, I don't know where I'm going. You start meandering around the script. Whereas if you have solid beats and writing in the right genre and you know where the story goes, it's a lot easier to flow. And then you know, things just start to click as you write them. Like, oh, this because goes to that beat or this is the callback to that beat and it just started naturally flowing. But when you don't know your story and you haven't taken the time to figure that all out, you will learn to writer's block, and you might even eventually quit writing. That's some great advice. What is the
1: next thing that you want to
0: cross off your bucket list? Um, hmm. Well, because of my medical paths i'm not able to, i used to run track in high school we actually got a sleep championship but i haven't been able to run since 2015 so right now i've started a workout routine i was in physical therapy before but i've started um reinvesting myself in my own physical health so i'm starting a workout routine and one of my bucket list items is to run again. But, I mean, it's just that simple, just to be able to, even if I'm jogging, without dragging my foot on the ground. I have a, something called foot drop. So when okay. I run, it kind of drags across the floor. But I would like to run again, like scratch it off my bucket list. this.
1: And we're not talking about marathon or a half marathon or 5K. You just want to get out there and and be able to feel that wind rushing past your face. and 100%. Um, so you, are you starting physical therapy for that? And what else do you plan to do to help
0: get you to that goal achieved? So I'm no longer in physical therapy, insurance, money, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but right now I, what are some resistance bands. I'm doing a lot of, starting to do a lot of leg workouts, stretching, uh, working on the flexion in my ankle, just putting a lot of work into that, just so my body can start to remember how that motion mm-hmm. even occurs. Um, and also thinking about it all the time, like getting I'm I'm seeing myself running in my mind with my eyes are closed. I'm constantly in my head talking about my goals and running and just what I would do with that ability. And I also think you can relate to this as a man to be a father is kind of like you're like the fun guy, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to run around in rough house with the kid. So that's always like uh, a pressure in my mind. Like, hey, you know, one day you can gonna have kids, you want to be able to do these things. So that that pushes me forward, and what pulls me is just the freedom to be able to uh, run in my own race. Hmm. What's something uh, that's on
1: your bucket list that isn't like screenwriting or being or being able to run again? What are what's something on
0: that's different than those two things? Um, I would like to impact a billion people with my story. A billion people. Yeah. So that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little behind, but, I, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, The Pursuit of Happiness is one of the, I think, one mm. of the first films that went international like that. So if I can get my story to that level and they get to speak in other countries, I can chomp down on that number. So on my bucket list at the top, actually, is the impact playing people with my story.
1: That's incredible. Um, are, you're keeping track right now though, right? So you, yeah, because you are a public speaker, you speak yeah. with students and all those kind of things. So you, I hope you're keeping those numbers. Um, I think you can probably reach that. Uh, what,
0: what's driving you for that, that high of a goal? I think as a person, when you get to a point of death, Mm-hmm. I, do, I do, it's something called crossing the veil, right? And that's when you get to see what's on the other side and you come back and you're like, you know, the things I used to care about don't really matter as much anymore. And one of the things I realized is that when I was on my, you know, deathbed essentially, or my life was in, in, in arm's way, I didn't care about the money. I didn't care about the things that I achieved. I didn't care about how smart I was or how many friends I had or anything of that nature I just cared about the people that were around me and I realized then that when you achieve or set a goal for yourself you burn out like I want to lift 100 pounds a day Mm. but I'm only down by myself whereas if you have a workout partner um you do a lot more so I want to set that goal because honestly it's not about even achieving a billion people It's the striving for that goal that will continue my drive, and it will allow me to really impact as many people as possible until my time is up. And I've been giving my time back a number of times, so it's really time for me to give that back. So what is that,
1: if you had one thing that you would say you want people, those billion people to know, or to be impacted by, what what would that one thing you would want to leave them with that would be impactful?
0: You know, my favorite word in English dictionary is is victory. Mm. And um, my life journey, I I did like Roger. I didn't come from poverty. I had a 2 parent household. My parents both make over six figures. I went to high school. I played on the football team. I ran track. I was a four-pointer student. All these things are great for me. And then I stroke. Mm. And then everything changed. So I would say to those people that victory doesn't come without a battle. And the darkest night often comes for the brightest morning. And as long as you keep pushing forward for that ultimate goal for someone else, for what your why is, Mm -hmm. the sun will rise in the morning. So, you know, just keep fighting. You know, Winston Churchill, this is my favorite quote of all time. When you're going through hell, just keep going. So I've been through hell and I'm pretty sure I found it again, but I I just keep going because you're born for a reason and everybody needs what you have to give.
1: Those are some very wise words. (laughs) And I do hope that a billion people get to hear them. Kwan, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I hope you've been an inspiration to others who are thinking about writing a screen, a screenplay. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with their writing. And, and I hope you do get to see that on, on the big screen. That'd be amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Roger.
1: How can people uh, find out more information about you and, and the things that you're involved with?
0: Uh, if you want to talk, get me for a speaking radio coaching program, you can go to my website, www.kawanglover.com, K-A-W-A-N-G-L-O-V-E-R com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at info at kawanglover.com. And I'm on pretty much every social media, okay. whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, just at Glover, all, all, all the same. We will. Uh, um,
1: I'll make sure that we put all those in the, in the show notes so that folks can easily access information to get to you.
0: That's all I got.
1: <laughs> awesome. Kawang, thanks again, and uh, best luck to you. Thank you so much. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your life.